I hope everyone is doing okay. I hope you had a good weekend. Anyone have a good weekend? Enjoying that cool weather like uh, Miss Jessica said. Man, it felt good this morning. I was like, come on, Jesus. Uh, but uh, good morning and welcome to Liberty Church. It is so good to see you. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, you've made uh, Liberty Church your destination this morning. We're worshiping God with us. We're so thankful. Uh, and I'm, you picked a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, today we are kicking off a, a brand new series, a new message uh, that I'm excited about. Uh, we're going to be talking about show money. You know, money's pretty important. Uh, and God, it's important to God too. Uh, and God calls us to live a certain way, a, uh, a certain holy way, but he also calls us to live a financial life uh, in a way that's honoring to him, that pleases him, and so that we can enter into a place of freedom so that the church uh, can literally be free. God wants his people to be financially blessed, right? Uh, and, and to not be bound by debt and uh, bound by uh, out, outstanding debt. And so the, the title of our message uh, is kind of cool and different. Uh, the title of our message is Normal is Broke, So Be Weird. <laughs> Normal is Broke, uh, So Be Weird, right? Because uh, out in the world, it's just like, that's how everyone lives and, and thinks and, and feels, right? Everybody feels broke. <laughs> and you know why? Because Really, most people in, in our nation, our country, we live outside of our means. We spend money that we don't have. We swipe the credit card. We borrow money. We already have a house loan, a, 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 a new car payment, so we get another new car that we can't afford, right? And we're spending money uh, before it's even been, been, been divvied out, before I'm doing really being a good steward of what God has called me to be, right? And so that's really the title of this message is if, if, if normal is broke, then we need to be weird. And you know what? Normal is overrated. And you know what? God doesn't call his children to be normal anyway. Right? He calls us to be holy. Uh, and if you study out holy, what does it mean? It means to be set apart right, for his glory. And to be set apart and normal are the exact opposites. So we can't be normal and live for God, and especially with our finances. God really wants. I'm excited. I feel like he, the church can break out. There's going to be uh, some spiritual, personal breakthrough, I hope, in your life. Uh, if you're struggling with finances, you, wanna, you really want to get it under control, you can lord over that thing. We're going to talk about that this morning, the authority that God gives us. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can lord over that and make some real impactful changes in your life if you choose to. Amen. So I want to go ahead. We're going to watch a, a quick video clip here in a moment, but I want to hit what Jessica uh, announced at the announcements about this free financial class that we are going to be providing. Uh, come, come out next Sunday night, okay, at our Arab campus at 5 o'clock. It's the, the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University. Uh, it's going to be free. Uh, there's, it comes with an app, a, a website. All of it's free. There's going to be a class, and, uh, and you can learn about your finances, how you can get out of debt. And this video is really going to explain all the stuff that we're providing through the church that we're going to start providing uh, starting next Sunday. Amen. So let's go ahead. Let's watch this quick video. It's about five, six minutes long. Uh, kind of help make sense of, of, uh, of our message and help kick this thing off for us. Amen. Let's watch this together. Hey man, that's fine. Somebody say that's fine. I'll just go okay, explain. I'm oh, Come I'm on, Jesus. I'm so grateful you're walking through this course with me and Chris Hogan. You'll meet him in the next lesson. This course will help jumpstart your progress and set you up for success before you even dive into Financial Peace University. 
Each video is only five or 10 minutes and includes a really important action step that you need to make sure you complete before you head on to the next video. You ready to get started? Okay, let's do this. Maybe you're here because you're facing a situation you've never faced before, like a job loss or the fear of a job loss. Or maybe you've been having some money problems for a while now and you wish you could just live your life without having to worry about money. No matter why you're here, I know you want better for you and your family. You want security and stability. You want money to help move you forward and not hold you back. Sound familiar? Well, if it does, take a second and just picture this with me, okay? You're working a job you love, one that you are passionate about, not that you're just collecting a paycheck. You never worry about getting a flat tire or making an unexpected trip to the emergency room because you've got the cash to cover it. You take your family to the beach every summer with cash and even let your kids bring a friend. Oh, and those kids that you love, well, guess what? They're going to college debt-free because you just topped off that savings fund at $35,000. But you've also been saving for yourself too, for the dreams that you and your spouse have together. Every month, you put a nice chunk of your paycheck into a retirement account. Last time you checked, your little nest egg was worth more than half a million dollars. Yep, you'll retire with dignity and you'll be a millionaire soon enough. Okay, come back to me. Let's get out of the dream state because that's probably what you're thinking, right? Oh, Rachel, that's nice, but that's a dream. I mean, only rich people can live like that. And maybe that's what brought you here today. No matter how hard you work, you never have enough money. You grind it out all week at work and somehow you just seem like you have nothing to show for it. Maybe you've just been laid off and that's a really scary thing and you're just terrified that you're not gonna have enough money to pay your bills or put food on the table. Either way, you're tired of feeling like you can't get ahead. Like money controls you instead of you controlling it. You're stressed out, you're confused, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you just don't know what to do next. Hey, we get it. We've all been there. No, really, we have. We've all done stupid things with money. In fact, in the first lesson of Financial Peace University, you'll hear stories of stupid. From me, from Chris, from my dad, Dave Ramsey, who started Ramsey Solutions and created Financial Peace University. You'll hear exactly how this whole thing got started with dad hitting rock bottom and turning to the Bible and comments its advice to learn how to manage money the right way. It's all the same stuff that you're gonna learn and the same thing millions of others have learned to change their lives. You might be sitting here thinking, but you don't get it, Rachel. My situation's different. Financial peace is impossible for me. I've heard that from a million people before you and you're not alone in feeling that way. Financial peace is possible. In fact, here are some eye-opening numbers to show you that you're not alone. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. The average student loan payment a month is $400. The average car payment is $550 a month. Only 47% of Americans who have a credit card actually pay off their balance every month. If you fall into any of those categories, guess what? According to our culture standards, you are totally and completely normal. But you know what? Normal is broke. Normal is stressed out and confused about money. If normal is broke, then we want you to be weird. Yeah, I know, it doesn't sound appealing at first, but weird is way above average. Here's what weird looks like. It's not worrying about money. It's living life without payments for anything. Weird is enjoying your entire paycheck every month. Weird is not afraid of losing your job because you've saved and have no payments. It's impacting your neighbors and strangers across the world with your outrageous generosity. 
Weird sounds pretty good right now, doesn't it? And the great news is this is available for you because you have made the decision to take Financial Peace University and change your life. In the first nine weeks of this class, members pay off on average $5,300 in debt and save $2,700. That's an $8,000 turnaround. And when they use EveryDollar, our budgeting app, they're finding an extra $395 in the first month. This isn't a get-rich-quick scheme or some magic pill. There's nothing behind the curtain. There's no catch. There's just real hard work. And it's available to anyone who's willing to do the work. So we're giving you all the tools, support, and teaching you need to take control of your money. But it won't matter one bit if you don't put it into action. It's completely up to you to make it happen. Now, don't let that scare you. Let that fuel a fire in you that says, I am in control. Not the media, not the government, not the banks and credit card companies. I am in control. And I refuse to ever worry about money again. So, what do you say? Are you ready to quit being normal and start making your dream life a reality? Complete the action step for this lesson and then jump into lesson two with Chris Hogan. Hey Amen. She said a lot of amazing things in that little video, didn't she? You know, God doesn't call us to be, uh, to be normal. He calls us to be different, to be holy, to be set apart. And we can uh, be different and set apart uh, we just have to trust in him, right? And so that's, that's what this whole message is really going to be about. Uh, come sign up to that class. If, if, if what she was saying was really hitting home with you or interests you, uh, you want to go to that next level uh, with your finances, come on out on, on uh, next Sunday, man, and we'll get you hooked up and signed up for that. We're actually going to be doing in the next two or three weeks a message coinciding uh, with uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Okay, uh, but let's go ahead. Let's look at that first point for this morning. And she made this statement uh, in that video, right? So if normal is broke, that's be weird uh, and never worrying about uh, money. And so some of y'all sitting there maybe think, you know what? How can I really live a life not worrying about money ever again, right? Because money is super important in our lives. We need it. We need money to live and function uh, in this modern day and age. But money can't become the thing that I, is the only thing that drives me, the only thing that I'm, that I'm living for, right? I can, I can make money and turn it almost into an idol. Uh, and so we have to be, be super careful because if I do that, then I'll find myself angry, frustrated, worrying all the time about the amount of money I have or about the money that I don't have, right? And I, I can promise you, if you trust God, um, we can live a life that is a lot less worrisome. I want to share a scripture here with you this morning that something that Jesus said, says to us, uh, that we don't have to worry if we trust in him, right? But just think how great our lives could be if we didn't have to worry and stress out about all those things, about the bills. Yes, we have to pay our bills. Do, do you have to think about those things? Yes, we have to think about those things. But they can't be that thing that just like, is stuck on me all the time. And if I'm not taking care of the money that God has given me, I'll find myself doing those things. But how great would it be to know that your bills are paid? Uh, that if the air conditioner goes out or you have a flat tire or the car breaks down and you're always thinking, oh, if this breaks, how am I going to pay for it? If you are trusting God and you are working a plan, uh, then you know what? You can, you can live a life of worry 
freeness because you've planned for your money. Uh, we actually have a, a, an emergency fund. We have two emergency funds, <laughs> and they always stay at a certain level with the amount of money in it. We don't take money out of those accounts for anything else. That money is designed for what? An emergency. <laughs> and emergencies only. The car breaks down, we have the money. We're not, we're not going to be scratching and, scrum and worrying and fussing because that's how we've, we've been able to live a life honoring God with what he gives us. Let me first say, the first thing that you have to do, right, is you have to be a tither. We're not really going to be talking about it this morning, but I'm going to go ahead and plug that. Because in order for you to break that curse off your finances, you know, you got to return to the Lord what is his, right? And so you got to tithe. What does that mean? Literally means 10%. Whatever you make that week, uh, if it's bi-weekly or month, if you get paid once a month, 10% is God's, he says. You know what? It's actually all his. But he loves us so much, he says, you know what? Just bring me the 10%, and the rest is yours, blessed and free. But until we do that, let me, hear me, you have a curse on your finances. Until you break that curse, and, and how do, how, Pastor Ian, how do I bring in a tithe? You bring a tithe into a church that you call home. If that's Liberty Church, Amen. If that's another church, amen. You need to bring something into his storehouse, a life-giving, life-breathing church that is doing real things in the community that you live in. Amen. That's how we do that. But so when I live my life that way, right, when I have a plan, when I have action, when I, I break that curse of the financial curse off my life by honoring God with what he gives me, then I can live a life that is a lot less worrisome, right? And that can, can change starting today if you want it to. See, because worrying about money, if, if that's all you do is worry about money, you'll think that you can resolve that worry by the amount of money that you have. I have a problem because I don't have enough money, so I need more money, right? That won't work. But I can tell you, you can resolve that problem if it, more money can't fix your problem, but guess what can? More God. Come on, somebody. Somebody tracking with me. Not more money can fix your problem, but more God can. We need some more Jesus in our finances. Well, come on, somebody. Uh, if we trust him, he can fix your problems. He can give you a plan, and he will not lead you uh, astray. Amen? He loves and cares about you. He wants you to be blessed. Uh, let's read Matthew 6, 24 through 34. This is that scripture I was telling you about, that Jesus, he, he, he tells us uh, some things, okay? He says, here it is at verse 24, No one can serve Two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, right? You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We can't have two masters. We can't serve God and we can't serve money, Jesus says. Because you'll have your, your, the things that you are dedicated to, you'll be dedicated one more than the other. And so when I trust in money, I put God to the wayside. When I trust in God... It puts, it puts things in perspective, right? God has to be at the center of my life, at the top, right? I worship him and I invite him to be Lord over all areas of my life, all areas, including my wallet, my financial life, amen, because I need him to help me. And so if money is our master, we become slaves to it. And hear me, money is a terrible master, you don't want money to be your God, to be your Lord. You want God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to Lord over our lives, right? He said, my burden is light. My, my, my yoke is easy to bear, right? And so he can do that for us. And so when God is our master, and let me tell you, he is a good master. He takes care of his children. Uh, then money can become our servant. 
Did you hear what I said? Money is not supposed to lord over you. Money is supposed to serve you. You tell your money where to go, right? It's simply a tool to help uh, enhance uh, my life, my family's life, to give me the things that I need to help uh, further my church and further kingdom causes, right? When I serve God, money becomes my master. I mean, money becomes my servant, amen? I become master to it. Uh, And you can have the authority to do that. I want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to share that with you this morning too, that you can have the authority to rule over your finances, Uh, Verse 25, it says, here it is. He says, that is why I tell you, do not worry. Somebody say worry. Worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or enough drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Somebody say feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are, than, than you are? So why, why do we doubt the provision of God? Why do we doubt that God will meet my needs? Jesus is speaking to those people that think that. You know what? And we as believers will struggle and think those types of things. God can bless the Joneses and the Smiths because they're just doing everything right. And I'm just messed up, jacked up. And you know, God will meet your needs. Jesus says, why do you waste your time worrying about these things? He he compared us to the birds of the sky. Look at the birds, he says. Do they worry and and fuss and stress about how God, your God, your Father is going to provide for them? No, they have things to eat. They have a place to live. They have a world and an environment to live in. And if God will do that for them, how much more so will he not do it for you? You are a child of God. If you got a neighbor, go ahead. If you got one, or anyone who look at you, look at him this morning and say, "Hey, you are a child of God. God's got you. If you believe and you trust in Him, God will provide for you. Amen. He will. You got to believe that. You got to remember that." Verse 27, he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? What would happen if we would stop wasting all the time and energy worrying and stressing and losing sleep over the things that we stress and lose sleep over and began to use that time instead to believe and pray? What would happen? Signs, miracles, and wonders. Answered prayer, blessings. He says, will it add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work to make their clothing. Yet Solomon, all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek, right, first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything. Somebody say everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring about its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So that's believe today for the things that I need to happen in my life based on who God says that I am and what God says that he can do for me, right? As we were praying earlier this morning, right, we only have today. He says, don't waste your time worrying even about tomorrow. Definitely don't waste your time worrying about what happened yesterday because there's nothing we can do to resolve that. Today, right, is what we have. 
He says, today's trouble is enough. So let's trust in him for what we need today. You have to have a plan for your life and your finances today, and then tomorrow takes care of itself as long as you focus on what God has given you today. Does that make sense to somebody? Let's look at that, that, that next point. So the first step to living uh, this way, the way that Jesus says, uh, and this, this thing that we're, we're tying into our finances, because I feel like people just, money's a big deal. If you don't have it, if you're struggling, is it going to take some of your joy and peace? Yes, it sure is. I've lived my life that way. Uh, it's a terrible way to live. And I've lived my life in freedom in Christ financially. Uh, and it's like night and day. I, we don't have to worry or stress about money. And so, but I get it. We all make mistakes with money. We, we maybe we're struggling right now. Maybe we've lost our job through COVID or whatever it is. I get it. But the first step to us to trusting God more, okay, to, to stop worrying uh, as much is we have to identify our source. Somebody say source. Okay. And I know y'all are super smart. You know what that source is. Who, who is it? What is it? It's God, right? We need more God in our lives. And so if we identify that source as God, we can rest in the care of our Father, of Abba Father. Uh, we can rest in that peace and that care that he provides for us. If money is your source, you will, excuse me, always worry. If money is the thing that you are just focused on, all the time, it will just drain you. It, it, it's a terrible master, like I said. And so we have to identify God as that, that source, right? Almost like an like a electrical outlet, I like to think of it. It, it. It's just sitting there waiting, right? That outlet, right? You might not be able to see it as it's black. Just there on the wall. What do you got to do to tap into that, that source of energy? You just got to plug something in. Right? Some of us are maybe just, we're, not, we haven't, we're doing everything we externally know how to do with our lives. I'm trying to fix all these problems, these issues, my money problems, myself, and you have maybe just not plugged in to God and said, you know what, God? Help me. That's how we, how we identify him as our source. We begin to worship and ask him, God, I need a plan. I need a, a vision. I need a dream, a financial dream for my life and for my family uh, and for me to help me, Right? And so when we, when we do that, when we plug in, when we, we identify him as a source, uh, when we depend, really that's what that, that looks like. That means I'm depending on God. When I depend on him, impossible things become reality. When you plug into the source that is God, impossible things become reality in your life. And so maybe financially right now, you are just thinking it is impossible. You are not making enough. These bills, there's more bills than I'm making, Right? Anybody been there? Maybe you're there now. I don't know. I don't want to call anybody out, but you're, that's an impossible situation. You need to serve and get plugged into a God that makes impossible things possible because he can. And so when we depend on that, real things, real breakthroughs can happen in our life. Amen? And so we, we got to make God the source of all things in our lives. We have to invite him into, into, the, 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 into our lives every day, right? Um, if we, and he, we need to invite him into our lives every day, but here's the thing. Lord, just show me this. We, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give God the permission. We, we trust God, right, with our eternal lives. Any, any saved Christians in the house? Amen. Come on, somebody. You gave your life to Jesus, the best decision you ever made, right? If you haven't made that decision, I promise you, 
Today there'll be an opportunity for you to do that, right? But so, so we trust God with our, with, our, with our eternal destination, with our salvation, with our lives. So then why is it so hard for us to trust them with our wallets? <laughs> Come on, somebody. God, I trust you with my eternal salvation, you know. But man, I'm holding on to this thing so tight. Pastor says if I would just tithe 10%, that God would begin to bless me and stretch my finances. But I trust him with my, my salvation, but I don't know if, if, if God can bless my, my money. I'll hold on to it and try to fix it every way I can until I fail. And then I'll say, okay. I'm trying to help somebody so you don't have to learn the hard way. If you would just trust them, I promise you. I could stand up here all morning and talk about what happened when I began to start faithfully tithing the blessings that began to pour into my life. Come on, some other people experienced the same thing? Amen. Come on. Somebody could testify. It's real because we serve a real God. And he meets you. When, when you begin to pursue him is when he begins to meet you and say, okay, I'm going to show you. It's when that fa our faith is tested. Amen. Let's look at that next point. So, normal is broke. Let's be weird. Live life without payments for anything. If you didn't have any debts and you didn't have any payments, you was out on a double date with somebody and y'all were sitting talking about your lives and your family and you're like, yeah, and start talking about jobs, start talking about bills and they find out you don't have any uh, bills other than, you know, you're electric. You don't have, you own everything that you own. They would probably think that was different, right? You would stand out. I want to have a life that way one day where I own everything that I have. Maybe there's somebody here that already does or is already living that. That's my goal. Because that is weird. In modern day times, uh, to not have uh, any extra debt, if you own everything that you have, that is different. That is weird. But just think how much greater our lives would be if we were debt free. If you didn't have that extra financial burden over your life, what you could really do, not just in and through your family, uh, but how much could you then begin to save for the next generation coming up? And how much more could you begin to do for a life-giving church? Do you really think that God wants his children bound by debt? It restricts and limits the church, does it not? See, this is why you got to believe me that God loves and cares about you and that because he calls you to tithe, he's not, he's not taking anything from you. He's doing that because he loves and cares about you because he has to make sure that his church is healthy and well in, in order. And we talked about it last week, right? When the church is healthy and in order, the world's a better place, right? And so he wants his children to be financially free from the burden of debt because it takes the restrictions and the limits off of his church. Does anybody see that? And so how much better could our lives really be? What could really happen uh, through the church, through us, if we were all at that point one day where we could say, you know what, I'm debt free. Every extra penny, you can give it to whoever you want. You can stir it up for your kids, your grandkids. You can save it up for the church. You can bless people. Amazing things, right? Let's look at that next point. Proverbs 12, 24. It says, the hand of the diligent will rule, but lazy, excuse me, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. The hand of the diligent will rule, 
but the lazy will be put to forced labor. If you are sick and tired of working a job that you're sick and tired of working in, we all need a job. Uh, you need the responsibility of having a job. But if you're in a job that you don't like, you need to start being diligent with your money so that you can move up or out into another job that you do like because the diligent will rule. Somebody is in charge of ruling over you because someone's doing what they're supposed to with their finances. <laughs> Does that make sense? So if you feel like you're stuck, you're at the bottom of the, the totem pole, maybe you are. We all have to work our way up from somewhere. But maybe you are because you're not being diligent and you're not ruling and using the authority that God has given you over your finances to take those things and begin to further it and use it to help you, to bless you. Proverbs 13.4, it says, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of a diligent shall be made rich. The, the, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be rich. Hear me, God is a rewarder of hard work and planning. That's what being diligent really means altogether. It means being able to put in the work, being able to plan, and God is a rewarder of those things. We serve a God of, of order. If your finances are out of order because you're just swiping the card here and there, you're you're not keeping track of what you're spending. You're wondering why you can't, get, you can't meet the needs. You're just swiping the, the card every day, $5 here, $5 there, $5 here, on stuff we don't even need, right? And you wonder why you don't have enough because you're not being diligent in your finances. So being diligent, God is a rewarder of that, of hard work and planning. And hear me, getting your finances in order will take both. It'll take hard work. You actually have to work and continue to bring in money, and you have to be a good planner of that money. You have to lay out what you're, what you're spending, what's coming in. You need to, to first build your tithe. Then, then you begin to knock out the bills from there, what you have left over. Then you need to save a certain percent. Each paycheck, you, you put it away. You begin to build emergency funds for emergencies. You begin to do college funds. You begin to, some of y'all's minds begin to hurt, ain't you? Like, I got to do all, yes. You have to be a, you have to have a plan at work. If you don't tell your money, right, where to go, it'll just go. You have to take uh, the authority over the finances, the blessing that God is giving us. Amen. The next point. The first step to living life without payments is diligence. This hard work and planning that I'm talking about. You have to have it. You have to work it. You have to have, we're going to talk about this again, we have really have to have a dream, this thing that motivates me uh, to continue to live this way. If God is my source and money is my servant, I have to rule over it. If God is my source and money is just a tool, then I have to rule over it. It can't rule over me. Money wants to own you. Imagine that. Money wants to own you. And maybe, maybe it does for some of you. I don't know. It ruled over me for a time and period. Uh, but it no longer does in Jesus' name. But so we have to rule over at Proverbs 27, 23 to 24. It says, there it is. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Attend to your herds, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure all generations. The state of your flocks. That... Translated into modern day uh, language for you and for me this morning, that is what a budget means, what a budget looks like. That is how we begin to know the state 
of our flocks, the state of your finances. What is the state of your finances this morning? What does it look like? Do you have any savings? Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Are you paid on Friday and broke on Sunday? I've been there too when I was in my addiction. And then wonder what I'm going to do from Monday to Friday. What is the state of your flocks this morning? No matter where you're at, I don't want to, I'm not trying to call anybody. No matter where you're at, we're all trying to get better together, right? We have not made it. We have got a long way to go. We just had a baby, and so now I'm, I'm thinking on even a whole nother level of trying to make sure he's set up financially, right? For college and a car one day. We're starting all that stuff now so that when it, the time comes, uh, it'll be there for him, right? That's how it works. It's not just going to magically just happen. And if your finances are a, are a mess, guess what? They're not going to just magically fix themselves. They're not. Any celebrate recovery folks in the house? What's the definition of insanity? That's it, right? Doing the same thing over and over and just hoping that it's somehow going to change, turn out different. You can't just keep living the way you're living financially and hope that you're just going to begin to, oh, prosper in Jesus' name. <laughs> it can't happen. It's diligence, right? Planning and hard work and preparation. Me and Jessica did not get to where we're at by just winging it. It takes work. And God calls us to rule over it, right? When God is my source, he gives me his authority. Somebody say authority. authority. To rule over my finances. Look at um, Luke 10, 19. I love this scripture. This is Jesus, right? He says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them, and nothing will injure you. Why do we, we think... God says that we have the authority to trample on scorpions and serpents and the enemy and demons. And so if you have the authority, some of us think, you know, I can do those things. We believe that we can do those things, that God can do those through us. So why do we think we can trample on scorpions and serpents and demons to flee in Jesus' name, but God can't do anything for my finances? If God gives you the authority to do those things, he can give you the authority to rule over your wallet. Amen? He gives you the authority to do those things. You can have the authority to rule over your wallet. It's really not all that hard. It's really not. And you can do it. Amen? We can do it together. The next point. We really have to, we talk about a shift in thinking a lot at Liberty Church. Because that's how the Holy Spirit really works in us. When I shift from thinking in my flesh and in my body and the, the way Ian sees things, and when I shift and use, tap into him as my source, it, it changes the way I see and think and experience my life and, and, and experience spiritual things. And so we have to really look at debt in a different way. We have to begin to see it as our enemy. That debt is something that is restrictive to your life. And, it, and, it, and it's really... You're, your servant, the, 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 the borrower is servant to the lender, right? It's enslaving us to a way. And so we have to attack debt because debt is, debt is an enemy that enslaves us. Excuse me. And so that's really how we, we have to be different than the world. That's really what's going to make us stand out and look weird and different because debt's just part of our society, right? Get a credit card. Get a couple credit cards. Just 
finance that thing. We don't pay for anything. We have one credit card. We use it strictly for vacations. When we travel, uh, because a lot of people's identity gets stolen when you travel. Uh, and if your identity gets stolen on your debit card when you travel, it's not fully insured. A credit card, if we book a hotel uh, and use that for going out to eat, if something happens, it's insured. But now, hear me, we don't swipe that card unless we actually have that money that we're spending for that thing. So you need to pray about that yourself. Does God call us to have a credit card, not have a credit card? You got to figure that out. So we found out what works for us, right? But so we're not really incurring debt on ourselves because we're paying for what we already have. But so you, that's the kind of mentality that you have to have, that, that debt is the enemy, and it wants to keep you bound and keep you at a certain place. Uh, it's, it's not good for us, good for the church, good for your family. And so we must be proactive um, really about that because things aren't going to just fix themselves, right? Like I said, let's look at Proverbs 22, 7. It says, just as the rich rule the poor, so that there it is, the borrower is servant to the lender, right? If you borrow that money, if you accrue debt, you become accountable to it. Uh, and it ain't going to go away. It ain't going to fix itself. They got to come to your house, uh, send you phone calls, send you things and letters in the mail, right? They just keep sending it and sending it and sending it until it gets paid. Uh, they will find a way for it to get paid, right? And so they own, they own you. When you get enough debt, they own you to an extent. Oh, that next point, really our last point for today. And so if we need to see debt as the enemy, we have to attack it, we have to be proactive, we have to use our faith, use the wisdom God gives us, uh, and we have to resist a couple things. Because maybe I'm doing really good, but every now and again, uh, the enemy whispers, or I have a thought, or uh, I have this, this we're calling them um, traps. I have this comparison trap or this contentment trap, right? And it whispers something like, you know, if you just had a nice new car like so-and-so, the Joneses or the Smiths, you know, you would be happy. You could, you could be happy like them, right? That's the comparison trap. Anytime we find ourselves comparing our lives to other people, you better take captive of that thought because it's not of God. Uh, and you've got to cast that thing down because before you know it, now you just finance the, the $20,000 vehicle, right? Everybody ever had buyer's remorse? Uh, you buy that thing, and as soon as you're driving off the lot, you're like, what did I just do? <laughs> all because of that comparison snare, that comparison trap. You was chasing happiness because you're comparing your life to somebody else's that God doesn't even call you to compare your life to. And that happiness is not going to last, right? It's temporal. Uh, and then there's the contentment trap, right? Oh, if I just had that one thing, my life would be complete. What was that movie, uh, that Jerry Maguire movie? You complete me, Right? I just need that one thing. I remember when I was a kid, man, it was like that next video game. Oh, I just needed the next Madden that when it comes out that fall, mom, get it. I'll be so happy. My life will be complete, right? It's a lie from the enemy. There's nothing that can, from this world that can fill that God-sized hole in our hearts. It's a trap. And, and we'll finance things. We'll spend money on stuff. And it, and it becomes a cycle, this vicious cycle the Lord was showing me. If we get caught in these comparison and contentment traps, it turns us into in being uh, compulsive. And so it's comparison and contentment. It leads us to com being compulsion. Uh, compulsion, you can spend your money compulsively on things that can't, that can't satisfy. 
Right? Almost like an addict who is compulsively just using or drinking because they just, they're trying to chase this thing. Uh, and we can do the same thing with our money. And hear me, man, we cannot be compulsive with the blessing that God gives us. Because we have to be good stewards of those things that he's given us, right? Proverbs 13, 11 um, through 12. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes uh, quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hear me, if it's too good to be true in this world, it probably is. <laughs> if someone's coming to you, oh, I got a way for you to make quick money, blah, 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 this, you know, there's a lot of these pyramid schemes that get you signed up, they take your money, and then, then they want you to go sign other people up, right, <laughs> for the money that he promised you. Uh, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. You need to think and pray about anything that you're signing up for, trying to do, and we're not saying we have the answer, uh, but man, if you, if you lean on this and lean on him, man, the answers will come, amen, amen. So we're not saying we have a rich, quick, good scheme either. I'm not saying that, that this is that at all. Uh, you have to pray and seek what God wants you to do, but there are some real truths that if we all do and obey the same way that God will bless us. Um, so pray about those things, and we have to resist uh, these comparison and contentment traps uh, and how do, we, how do we do that other than just saying no and saying, you know what, God's telling me that's, you know, that's good. He's saying, not, not, not right now, don't do that. Don't get any more debt. Uh, pay off the, the, the bills and the, the debt I have now. Um, but how do, we, how do we stay focused? We have to have a debt-free dream. The second part of that, that scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream, somebody say dream, fulfilled is a tree of life. And so that's dream of a debt-free dream, not just for your life, but for your families. And when we do that, it helps us stay focused on the objective so we can be free and stay free. We can stay financially free if we have that dream on the forefronts of our minds. And if we, if we live that out, if we one day get to that place where we're totally debt-free, uh, is, is, our, is our journey over then? <laughs> No, right? It's really, our journey never ends with God. That we just go to another level. And now I can put more away for my kids, my grandkids. I can help other people who are in debt, right? I can, I can uh, share the wisdom and the things that God has done in and through my life. And that's when we can really step into all that God, God, excuse me, has called us to be. Because if I'm worried and stressed out about my money all the time, Am I going to want to get plugged in and start serving at church and doing all these things and, and helping people? I, I can't because my mind is in another place. When my mind is totally free from the bondage of, 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 of debt and money and problems, it frees me spiritually to be used by God to my full potential. Amen. Does that make sense to anybody? And so as long as we have that kind of that black cloud hovering over us, it limits what God can do in and through us. Amen. So I really want, I hope some people uh, grab hold of this. If you're, if you're doing really good, man, keep doing what you're doing. If you feel like maybe you're struggling and you need some help, come, come see me, any one of us. I'll get you connected. Right? We're not going to judge you. Man, I was broke, busted, and disgusted is an understatement. I, I was homeless. I didn't have a job. I, I had a bag of clothes. Right? And the Sunshine House took me in. Uh, and after that, my life with Jesus, it was history, right? So it doesn't matter what shape or situation you're in. It, you're never without hope. 
Amen? So I'll do, I'll, no, no judgment zone. I'll do whatever I can. I'll go out of my way to help you get connected to the right people. If it's me, give you the materials that you need, help you set out a budget, write it out, whatever I can do to help you. Amen? We're here for you. We love you. You know Liberty Church loves you? Amen? We, we do. Amen? Would y'all um, join me in prayer? Can we get the lights? Amen? I was reading my mind. I just want to pray over us uh, here a moment. And Father God, Lord, I, I thank you for each and every person here. God, and uh, no matter where we're at financially, if we're doing really good, God, continue to uh, allow us to keep you at the center of our lives, God, so that we can keep doing that and running that race. God, but if we are really struggling or if we just feel like we're not being uh, really good stewards of what you've given us, God, I pray that we would step out of that comfort zone. God, that the the reality of, of what you could do in my life to change it, to make it better, would, would outweigh the fear of going to somebody. That, that somebody would really help me. So I pray that over us this morning. I also want to pray right now if, there's, if you're here, if you're vi- visiting with us, or maybe you've been coming a while, and I know we're talking about money this morning. Um, if you want to lord over your money... <laughs> The way God calls us to, you first have to allow Jesus to be Lord of your life. And so if you're here and you've never made that commitment, you've either never made that commitment, we call it being born again or getting saved, a decision for Christ, a decision for God that says, you know what, God, I, wanna, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. You've either never done that or maybe you have, and you've, but right now you're just, you've fallen away. Uh, and you need to be a restoration. You need a restored relationship with God this morning. So if that's you, either of those two people, you never have or you need to be restored today, you need to make a decision for Christ this morning, right now, I want to ask you to do something. Everyone's praying, no one's looking at you. We're actually praying for you right now. And if it's you, and you probably already know it's you, because your heart is, is beating a million miles a minute maybe in your chest, right now, I want you to stand up right now all over this place. If you want to make a decision for Christ, to make him your Lord and Savior today, to change your life. Don't let this moment pass you by. Your life can be better and made whole and you can experience peace in your life like you've not known in a long time. If that's you, I want to give you a few more moments. Don't let this moment pass you by to just simply stand up. Pastor Ian, why do I have to stand up? Bible says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father and his angels in heaven. And so you have to do something about what God is saying to you. Amen. A few more seconds. That's you today. And well, Father God, Lord, we thank you again. I thank you that, uh, God, you are our source. God, I pray that we remember that. God, that you're with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. God, all we have to do is just simply look to you. God, and ask you. God, and invite you into our lives, God, to work in us and through us, Lord, so that we can make the church stronger. You can make our lives stronger, God, and we can have those things that you promise us which is love, God, and joy, God, and peace. God, and all those things that our world needs. Father God, Lord, so we ask this now, God. We ask it by faith. God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.